Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Brian Lehrer on WNYC. And now I'll call in for anyone who's still dealing with the effects of Hurricane Sandy. Today is the anniversary of when the storm hit our area. It's been three years. How is Sandy still affecting your property or your life? We don't want the rest of our community to forget you, so you're invited for the next few minutes to give us a call, 212-433-WNYC. That's 212-433-9692. How is Sandy still affecting your property or your life if it is? We want to hear from people whose homes were damaged or destroyed during the storm or if you had other ill effects from Sandy and are still trying to rebuild or at least get the correct amount of insurance money or however it's still affecting your life. If it is, give us a call on this third anniversary of Sandy, 212-433-WNYC, 212-433-9692. Nine six nine two. Are you a resident of Staten Island, the Rockaways, the Jersey Shore, Fire Island, Long Beach, or Long Beach Island, or anywhere that was hard hit by Sandy? Give us a call if you're still trying to rebuild your home, raise your home, sort through the bureaucracy to get insurance money, whatever. Two one two four three three WNYC. There were there were reports earlier this year that damage reports for some Sandy homeowners in New York were falsified or altered somewhere up the pipeline to minimize insurance payouts. Maybe that happened to you or you suspect it happened to you. Give us a call and tell us how Sandy is still affecting your life three years later, 212-433-WNYC. Are you living differently? Did you move away from a flood zone or the beach? Or are you still among the people temporarily displaced by Sandy? Whatever. If Sandy is affecting your property or your life to this day, On this third anniversary of the storm, we want to give voice to your stories, lest the rest of the community forget you as they go on with their lives, which appear to be normal. 212-433-WNYC-433-9692. We'll take your calls right after this. WNYC. Now to your calls. If you're still dealing with the effects of Hurricane Sandy on your property or otherwise on your life. And Lou in Long Beach, you're up first on WNYC. Hi, Lou. How's it going? Good morning. How are you? Okay. Um, I live in Long Beach, as you said. Um, two and a, three years ago today, um, I took two and, a half feet, two and a half feet of water in my house. Uh, my house is up about four or five feet on the street. Um, I live right on Reynolds Channel in Long Beach. In the last three years, my life has been turned upside down. Um, we just had our house elevated uh, two weeks ago. We're still in the process of getting that done. We're out of the house right now. We're, we're in a rental property. We won't be back into the house probably five months from now. Um, the biggest issue I've had in the last three years, uh, besides the chaos of my life is dealing with New York Rising. New York Rising has been a um, a nightmare. They, they've changed policies. You can't get a hold of case managers. They changed case managers. Uh, just the whole bureaucracy of New York Rising has been horrendous. Um, they finally came through with, with the grant money. Not everything that we need, but enough to get us going. Um, 
and that's and that's basically the story. You what know, what would you re- as a as a result of your experience? What would you recommend to fix or improve the system for this time ongoing, or if there's a next time? Um, to fix the system, I think they need to be more accountable. They need to have their 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 act together, so to speak. Um, they just just the changes that were going on. And don't get me wrong; some of the changes have been for the better, but a lot of things. It's just just the frustration of trying to get information and then dealing with case managers who don't have correct information. We would actually have information more accurate information than our case managers at times. And then at times, we call the case manager back. Not only can you not reach them, then they've changed case managers. I think mm-hmm. we've had three or four wow. different case managers in the last two years. Because they were shuffling who was assigned to who, or people left their job? Yeah, all, all that. And all then that. recently, they just reduced the number of case managers they have in the system. Uh-huh. So it makes it even harder. Well, I guess it's testimony to how bureaucratic it's been that here we are in the third anniversary of Sandy, and only now is your house being elevated in Long Beach with the insurance money that finally came in and the New York Rising money. Lou, thank you. Good luck to you. Thank you. Melissa in Fairfield. You're on WNYC. Hi, Melissa. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Where you at? Um, Well, I've been very fortunate, and I have not suffered any damage to my home during, you know, either Hurricane Irene or Sandy, so I'm very lucky that way. Um, However, I just wanted to bring up the point that, you know, my homeowner's insurance has tripled since both hurricanes, tripled. And I have never had a single claim on my homeowner's insurance in 11 years, ever. So, I mean, I just wanted to raise the point that all of us are paying for, you know, the damages in one way or another. How uh, How close to the water are you? I'm about a mile away. A mile, a full um, mile. You know, we had the National Guard in, you know, Fairfield during uh, Hurricane Sandy because people who were closer, you know, closer to the sound, um, there was this extensive flooding that happened. Um, And I'm. Did you you have? Did you have flooding? I did not because um, I'm kind of further up on a hill, so you know. So you think the insurance hikes are unfair? I really, I, you know, the payments have to come from somewhere. So I don't know how how it can be fairly uh, figured out. But um, I just know my homeowner's insurance has tripled, and I feel like that's that's a huge chunk of money that's coming out of my pocket every year. Would you rather it just be leveled on the people who choose to continue to live in the flood zone closer to the water? Well, um I don't think that any unfair hardship should be put on people who is of no fault of their own, but I think that raises an issue of should people rebuild closer to the water? I mean, that's kind of with global warming, and if we're if we're supposed to be expecting more of these types of storms, maybe that's not practical anymore, and if people continue to rebuild by the water, does that mean that the rest of us are going to be paying for it when mm-hmm. they do get damages? You know, question. So I guess that's an issue to consider. Melissa, thanks for calling. Hang in there. All right. Thank you. Mary and Ortley Beach, you're on WNYC. Hi, Mary. Hi. How are you? Okay. How about you? Good. Good. I, I was listening to that in- insurance question. Do you mind if I start with my flood insurance for this year? Sure. Go ahead. $3,980 for a 900-square-foot shell in Ortley Beach. There's nothing there. No walls, no floor, no furniture. 
nothing. And the bill we got this year is just shy of $4,000. The bill? For flood insurance. Oh, for flood insurance. And is your home rebuilt now? No. There's nothing. It's a shell. We are paying $4,000 flood insurance for a shell. Why do you even hold on to it if it's a shell? Well, we have a, an investment in it. We're still paying a mortgage. We don't want to walk away from it. What do you hope will happen on the property? Well, I'm hoping that we will get our insurance money and be able to um, rebuild some of it. We were fully insured, 250000 full flood insurance, and we were given 26 and change to rebuild the home. Um, I'm told by people who know that area that that whole area around Ortley Beach, if three years later people expected a recovered uh, Jersey Shore, that in the Ortley Beach area, it's really not. Would it's you say not that? at all. And the money that we paid for insurance, you, you know, if, if you pay insurance, you, you're hoping that you will get at least a fair, a fair shake when things happen and uh, has not been the case at all. It, it's really very frightening to see the fight that's going on. And there is no attention really being paid. So if they're charging you still for insurance and charging you that much, are they paying out to give well, you the insurance you know money what? so I you can rebuild? Well, I have paid since Sandy. We just added this up because it, it, it's just such a horror show. We have paid since Sandy just shy of $10,000 in flood insurance. We have to continue play, paying the flood insurance because we have a mortgage. That's the hook here. And um, we've only been got, we got 26 and change to rebuild. So, you know, does flood insurance even help us? Mary, I'll leave it with that rhetorical question. Thank you very much, which is actually uh, tragically not just rhetorical, but, um, but affects so many people still, certainly in that area. Oh, the guy hung up who was on hold who I wanted to take who said he met a woman who was stranded during Sandy, and now they're getting married. It's nice to have some heartwarming stories in the mix. We did get another one like that on Twitter. Let's see if I can find it down here in our stream. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, oh, all right. Um, control room's going to find it. It's, it had to do with an embryo. So look, uh, look for the word <laughs> embryo in our, uh, in our Twitter feed and, and uh, put that one to the top. Let's see. We're taking calls from those of you on this third anniversary of Sandy coming ashore whose lives or properties are still impacted here three years later. And unfortunately, our lines are full. We'll take a few more of you at 212-433-WNYC-433-9692. Jim, in Keyport, New Jersey, you're on WNYC. Hi, Jim. Hi. How you doing? Okay. Uh, long-time listener. Um, I'm an architect working on various lifts in, in the Monmouth County area, so anywhere from Union Beach down to Point Pleasant. And uh, I've been involved with the, um, you know, all the lift bureaucracy that is included in this whole process, the REM program, the different FEMA requirements. And, and there's total horror stories out there about, you know, what I've seen with different clients. And it's, and it's really a shame what's going on, honestly. So, Is there something, having seen, you know, a lot of different homes now, that you could say is a pattern of either incompetence or on the part of, government or abuse and putting the squeeze on on the part of insurance companies or anything else that you can discern from your experience as a pattern? Uh, the process I'm seeing is you have the REM program, which is run by a privatized company uh, appointed by Christie, apparently, that um, 
that is run by this company called Gelbain, and they're certainly getting their money. They're getting paid. Those are the advisors that release the money to the homeowners. Uh, that process is very bureaucratic. They have all this paperwork. Uh, they split the payments to one lump sum in the beginning, but the last payment, uh, everybody's going to catch 22 because they can't receive the uh, rest of the money until the project is done, but everybody's out of money. The contractor doesn't have the money. The homeowner doesn't have the money, so they're stuck there. The towns have their own bureaucracies. You have to pass through zoning regulations, height requirements, so they add their own bureaucracy to it. That's zoning. Then you have the building department. You have to go through them. Uh, then you have uh, utility disconnects. That could take up to a month to get disconnected and reconnected to your gas, your electric. So that's another problem people are running through. Uh, and I, I know people that have been out of their homes for two, two years, have five kids, have moved four times since the storm, mm. still not back in. Uh, and we're just at the tip of the iceberg here with this whole lifting process down here in Monmouth County anyway. Lesson learned for next time, because presumably there will be a next time. Yes. Which could be what? Uh, it could come any time. You know, no, I mean, to, uh, like, main lesson learned, how to fix the problems you've been describing? Uh, I don't know that there is, because you got the utility. You know, none of these uh, different entities are, are uh, talking with each other about this, and that's the problem. The, the, the utility companies can't agree with the towns on the height of the meters, for instance. Huh. Uh, there's all these little technical issues that are just not ironed out, and the towns can't decide what heights they want to be at, so people are at a loss for how high they have to lift their houses. So it's a lots of little stuff here that just creates such a bureaucracy. An architect's eye view. Jim, thank you very much for calling in. So let's see, we've had a few from the Jersey Shore. We've had Long Island. We've had Connecticut. Uh, let's take one Westchester call before we wrap this up. Joanne and Mamaroneck here on WNYC. Hi, Joanne. Hi, can you hear me? Sure can. Okay. Uh, we were flooded two and a half feet. Uh, we had insurance. We got paid um, to just replace the flo the floors and the boards and such. So that was nice, uh, but it was definitely we chose to uh, we opted into the New York Rising program, and uh, we went ahead and started building. Um, you know, it seems like a long time for us, but compared to what I hear from uh, from other people, you know, we're back in our home now. We um, were under the impression that perhaps the grant money from New York Rising would come in to help us build this, but we've depleted our savings and IRAs, and at this point, we still haven't gotten paid. We did actually get what they call a final uh, inspection, so I'm, you know, at this point, think the check's going to come in the mail. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's our story. It's not horrific, but it's certainly not pleasant. Uh, you know, I have two young kids that went through living in, um, you know, a lovely home, uh, rental, HUD help with rent payments. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, um, again, it wasn't the most horrific Sandy right. story. And, but and how about that check that still hasn't come from New York Rising, that grant? Do they give you any estimate of, I mean, here we are on the third anniversary, of when it's going to come? The final inspector, theoretically, is the one that turns in his, um, he happened to be from New Orleans, by the way, just as on the side, and uh, a lovely man who, you know, tells us stories about Katrina still, you know, people still not have being in their homes, so yet again, 
Um, but they uh, don't give us a timeline, right. no. Jo- um, Joanne, good luck. Thank you for calling. You're welcome. And I'm going to throw in one other just because it's not just human victims that Sandy took. And, you know, it may not be the biggest tragedy in the world compared to human life lost and other things that we've been hearing from people. But I want Barbara and Darianne to get a say here. Hi, Barbara. You're on WNYC. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I, you know, I have these beautiful trees that are 150, 200-year-old trees, and we lost 13 uh, during the storm. And when they fell, they blocked our driveway. You lost, well, before we get to the driveway, you lost 13 200-year-old trees? Yes. Maples and oaks and stunning, magnificent, gorgeous, beautiful trees. Would you have thought that because of their size and presumably how deeply rooted they are at that point, that they would have more withstood the storm? Oh, yes. It was a shock. And the the root balls were seven, eight, nine, ten feet tall on their side. Did it make you cry? Oh, my God. (laughs) And to hear these other stories, I think, okay, you know, that we don't have the shade and they're gone. And my cousin's an architect. He said, it's interesting that when a tree is gone, you may not even know that it was ever there. Mm. Um, So needless to say, uh, hardship for the environment and Mother Nature's wrath. But um, what was interesting was the... That was nature-on-nature violence. Yes, yes. And uh, insurance does not pay for toppled trees unless they create havoc and damage. Oh, really? Which they did in your case, you were going to say about your driveway? Well, when they fell, they blocked us in. And so the neighbors came with lots of chainsaws, and um, but th- we were trapped. And so as soon as we were able to get out, uh, the last two trees fell in the last, you know, moments of wind, and we were trapped again. And the, the tree um, recovery team came from Canada. We're in Connecticut, and they came knocking on the door and said it'll cost $15,000 to clean it up. Uh. So we did, and then the trees were all left on the ground, and they said, oh, it's another 15000 to take them away. Oh, oh to take them away. That, <laughs> that's Yes, that's how they get you. Was it, in, was it covered by insurance? No, not a dime. The no tree falling on your driveway clause of the homeowner's right. policy. Right uh, on. So uh, actually, was... I, I said it was nature-on-nature nature violence. If this was from global warming, then maybe it was man-on-nature violence after all. Well, touche. And I think there is a, certainly the combination for sure. Barbara, thank you so much for your call. And just to conclude, on a somewhat heartwarming note, Lullaby Lull, Lullaby Lull on Twitter writes... Our embryo was in liquid nitrogen, and the lab called to say the sandy blackout would not affect it. Today, we're proud parents after IVF. So ending with one story of people who were afraid they might be affected by sandy, but were not. Nevertheless, we hear how much unfinished business there is in our area three years after sandy came ashore, October 29th, 2012. Thank you all for your calls.